Welcome to the Broad Place Podcast. My name is Jackie Lewis and I'm your host for today. In this episode, I am interviewing our dear friend and longtime student and meditator, Jason Grant. Jason is a stylist, an interior designer, photographer, and author of a multitude of books. Um, fun fact, I actually, back in the day when I used to do PR, marketing, and advertising, I launched Jason, Jason's ever first book and managed the event, then helped him with the guest list and all the brown partners and their full execution of that. And it was such a huge, exciting time um, for him um, as his first expression of putting creativity out in the world in, in a book form. Um, he was also one of my very first meditation students and has attended multitudes of our retreats and workshop and has always been a huge advocate of the work that we do at The Broad Place. So it was a pleasure and an honor to uh, interview him today and share with you some of the ways in which he views the world, some of his philosophies. Um, and I've always admired him for being optimistic, positive and happy. And I think that comes across. Enjoy. I've known Jason for a long time and he was one of my very first meditation students. So there's something when you um, become a meditation teacher and your first few students are always the most nerve-wracking, um, particularly when you know them. <laughs> and when I do, you know how you do the little ceremony in the beginning? I lit the table on fire. Um, <laughs> and, I don't know, and Jason was afterwards, I was so mortified, I'd like stamp it out. Um, and afterwards, and I said, you know, I was a and I said to him, you know, he's also like, you know, <laughs> I was like, how is it to take one fire? And he was like, I don't remember you doing that. And I was like, yeah, you know, like the flames, like the banging it out. And he was like, no, I can't remember that <laughs> You know that moment where you're just like super present, he was really relaxed. And I was like, you're being really kind or really forgiving. Um, but um, we've, we've had a, a long, uh, it's been years and years and years now since he's been meditating. And I've always, it's so fun when you get to watch someone um, through their med- like in close proximity as they keep expanding and becoming more conscious and, and shifting and growing and evolving. And it's been such a joy for me because Jason's always been one of those people that's fascinated me with his ability to have a million balls in the air and stay completely present. Like he doesn't, he doesn't visibly um, <laughs> get stressed. And he's done even in the last four years, how many books now? three books, um, toured them constantly. He is does lots of interior design projects. He's a stylist. Uh, he has a beautiful photography studio. Uh, he was like, oh, I'm going to move to Byron. And then literally was like, oh, and he sort of spoke about it a little bit. And then I rang him, like, where are you? And he's like, oh, I'm in Byron. I've moved up here now. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh. And then all of a sudden he was posting something and I, I rang him and I said, what are you doing? He's like, I just started a photography studio. I needed the space. It made sense. <laughs> um, you know, for all the shoots that he does and so forth. And there's just a... A, a, a grace to it and an ease and I wanted to ask you today about how you manage to keep all the balls in the air and yet stay grounded and, and, and present to those things. Yeah I mean I guess straight up um, I don't use the word life-changing as an expression very often but learning to meditate with Jackie is like a life-changing thing. Um, and I guess, yeah, we've been friends for a long time. You actually helped me launch my very first book. And I guess, you know, being such a busy person with lots of things going on, meditation has kind of changed my way of thinking about everything. So I guess 
you know, it's great to be busy, but I guess it's great to be present and great to kind of manage a hectic lifestyle. And I guess meditating just grounds everything. It's that simple, yeah. And one of the things I've always, so Jason does this, um, if you follow him on Instagram, you'll see he's always very, very active in posting, yet I also never really see him on his phone that much. So it's this interesting, he's just super quick and fluid. It's just like, shoot, Dane, put my phone down, as opposed to really spending a lot of time on that. Mm. And I watch you in the day sometimes, and he'll visit like what seems like 42 stores. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and he's there and he's you know, sourcing something or shoot, photographing something or, you know, researching something. How do you stay, when, particularly when you're physically so mobile yeah. uh, in the day, how do you not, what are your little tips or um, things to just you know, you're in a space for a short amount of time and you've got to transition, yeah. there's all the traffic. How do you stay, keep you cool in that? I guess I try to just do one thing well at a time mm -hmm. as opposed to multitasking, monotasking. Yeah. I guess for a long time I tried to just do as much as possible and I guess then you end up just doing lots of things badly. Mm. So kind of focusing on one thing. I guess the other thing I want to mention is like there's a perception of perfection and ease which exists but then it is not reality as well. Mm. I mean, everything looks perfect on the outside, but you know, the reality is that with most people, it's you know, a lot of hard work. Mm, yeah. But I guess it's kind of just doing things with an ease and kind of, yeah, just not being so reactionary. Yeah, yeah. More responsive. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess because I have like a day where no day is the same, I'm sure Amanda can understand in a similar field, where a million things kind of happen and you have to just go with the flow and just kind of, I guess, be in charge of that flow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, particularly shoots and design like that, it's yeah. like almost like triage, because if it's going to go wrong, it goes wrong. Yeah. And I guess a long time ago, I learned that there's an element with kind of being a stylist that you're attempting to create perfection and learning that that actually doesn't exist. I guess it's a weird job because you're kind of, I guess, being critiqued and judged and wanting to please clients and you know so I guess and I guess I do everything with fun like I enjoy what I do so that's a really important part of mm. staying grounded as well enjoying what you do yeah and something that I particularly in the last couple of years I've really noticed is I, I think this happens in any industry but particularly in design um, it can become quite negative because it's something supposed to be so, you know, you're like, oh, it's so beautiful, we make beautiful things, you know, yeah. make things look beautiful, but it's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure in that with design projects and, and builders and architects, but also being on set and magazines and editorial, and it mm. just, it becomes, and people can, um, be, there's a lot of like bitching about the client and bitching <laughs> about, you know, like that person and this person and the supplier and, you've really shifted that into making sure that there's a positivity there at all times. Yeah, I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, I'm kind of all about kind of seeing things in an optimistic way, trying not to be negative. I mean, it's by nature where like, it's only human to kind of be critical. So I guess I try to just see things, um, the good in everything, I guess. Yeah. Which is not always easy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess it's always about positivity and finding the good in everything. Yeah. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about the difference between, I mean, doing a book, it's a long, it's a year, yeah. more long process. Um, and the difference between 
like creatively applying yourself to something that you like, I've got a huge long scope. Or if you're doing a fit out, there's like yeah. a long time versus a single day to create a whole set, pack it down, and then that's yeah. never to be again. How do you make sure that you can stay creative in, in the under pressure and then with so much time? Yeah. I mean, I guess like most creative people, I work well under pressure and it's kind of that kind of double-edged sword where you always have like tight deadlines and things have to always happen quite quickly, even if it's a long project aspects always have to happen quite quickly so I guess just thinking on your toes and staying calm yeah yeah and what do you do to stay inspired if you've got something that's going to take a long like a, um, for a book for example I mean I guess with I'm kind of lucky with the brand or business that I've created because it is authentically me so I guess I'm kind of lucky that the inspiration kind of comes naturally mm. and I kind of try to you know there's outward inspiration but I guess it's all a lot of personal, internal things that I like. Mm. Yeah. Can I, you know now, I feel like, well, we walked into this space. So, <laughs> um, Patrick Johnson is a friend of ours and he's a student of mine and uh, he was really kind to, I teach meditation from here as well and he just wants more people meditating and he's this incredible tailor and his wife, Tamsin, is the interior designer behind the project. And, you know, we, Jason, we're walking around and he's like, oh God, like there's not often that you walk into a space and you're like, that's it, I want to change my whole life and I want it to look exactly <laughs> like this. You know, like everything's, oh, everything's yeah. gone, I need all this in my life. And um, Tamsin's really, really clever like that yeah. in that every space she creates, you're like, oh, you know, I want to live in here, you know, that, and that's hard to do. But it's, we were talking about how there's um, a homogenization now with design and style yeah. because everything starts to look the same, I think, because of Instagram and Pinterest and you sort of like, there's that, there's the, the, the juggle between looking at things to stay inspired and then also making sure that your own work then doesn't become yeah. cookie cutter. Any tips for anyone in regards to that, that balance, that, you know, being so overwhelmed with yeah. things coming, like the out, you know, the looking at everyone else's work and then also then coming to come back to your own project? I guess it's just about kind of trying to be unique to your own sense of style. And I guess that's hard because we are bombarded with so much visually mm. and I guess, it's knowing where to take that inspiration and being inspired by that to kind of have your own voice and your own style. And I guess for me, it's like an evolution and a journey and it's always constantly editing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And in regards to, I wanted to just dive into something also a little bit more personal. Um, you know, we've spoken a lot about the, with all that overwhelm of, you know, having to perform um, and be on your game, anxiety mm -hmm. um, that can underlie that, that then, you know, never comes across on anything because everything's so filtered. <laughs> um, yet it's something that when you sort of dive underneath the surface, yeah. a lot of creatives and create people in creative industries are riddled with anxiety. Yeah. That's something you've experienced a little bit of. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's managing that because sometimes, I mean, it's kind of dysfunctional to say, but you kind of thrive on the anxiety or the kind of the stress. Uh, pressure of you, you put in yourself to perform. So I guess that kind of is taking a negative and turning it into a positive. Mm. So like, you know, anxiety is like part of who I am, but I guess it's just how you kind of let that control you as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, meditating kind of, kind of doesn't like neutralize that, but it just makes the perspective of that yeah. more realistic. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Um, I'm gonna open up for some questions for a little bit. Have you guys got any 
questions either around being like creativity. You can ask Jason anything. Um, I always find people. Um, Almost anything. <laughs> um, but if there's anything you wanted to ask, um, I know everyone, uh, when we're having lunches and so forth together, people are always like, I want to ask questions mostly about like Instagram or, um, you know, like how do you post and stay present and, and all those kind of things. You can ask anything. Uh, you might be about design or it might be about his books or anything like that. Yeah. Do you want to summarize? Yeah. So uh, the question is around, and for if you guys didn't hear either, the question is around moving to Byron, moving from one city to another city, and then establishing yourself there, whole new work environment, new contacts, and mm. how did you make that work? I guess to me, the move, I see it kind of as quite a slow move. I probably really decided two or three years ago that that's where I wanted to be. The other things kind of prevented that from happening straight away. And then for me, it's just a matter of finding the right space. And the space that I have is one part home apartment, one part photographic creative space. And I guess for a while, it was kind of a little stressful moving. I mean, I moved from Melbourne to Sydney nine years ago. And I guess somehow I kind of tend to do things in a brave way without realizing that it is kind of a big deal. I mean, I'm still in Sydney sometimes every second week for work but then also it's kind of creating work there as well there's a number of kind of commercial restaurant kind of projects that I'm working on up in the area as well and then a lot of my projects I can work on um, like books and stuff I can kind of do that wherever I am so I guess yeah it's just kind of being bold I guess sometimes and just making it all work do you have more spec like more time up in Yeah, I mean it's, it's interesting being up there and it's kind of like a cliche thing to say but I find it less hectic and I get more done and I'm really much more organized and less distracted. Yeah. Do you still swim every day? Yeah. And I mean it's kind of if you're having a bad day being 5 minutes from the beach I can literally go dive in the water and then just wash away what's happening. Yeah. And I actually have like a huge creative space now so I think creativity is kind of increased as well. And there's lots of people up there. Yeah, I mean, it's kind it's of like... It's a bit of a thriving community, yeah. I think. There's definitely a creative buzz. I have a, a couple, like, I because I work between Melbourne, Sydney and Byron, I have kind of go-to assistants in each location, yeah, depending on jobs and stuff as well. Yeah. Mm. Things in general, aren't, they seem more mobile, I think, with technology and... Yeah. Um, but that's not to say that it doesn't also present its challenges. Yeah. I think everyone goes to Byron and is like, oh my God, I need to move to Byron. And then, yeah. and then we come back to Sydney and we forget about it. Do you, have you ever had that experience? Yeah. yeah. And there's like a perception that I'm like always at the beach, but it's like I can be because it's so close. And also, I mean, I just can get way more done because there's less distraction and yeah. And Bondi. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions at all? Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering, 
Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. It's always clients that do that. And how do you, or do you have any tips or tricks to try and um, not take on their negative energy and turn the whole project into an unhappy thing? Is there something that you can... I guess for me, I always kind of add an element of like... Oh, sorry. The question... The question. No, no, that's right. <laughs> The question being, um, when you have a negative client that comes in to a project yeah. and brings that mindset, how do you cope? Um, I guess with me, I kind of see the role of what I do as a stylist, and I'm sure other stylists would relate, is you kind of end up being a bit of the entertainment as well. So you kind of keep the vibe, whether it's in a meeting or on a, a project or in a shoot, you kind of just keep the energy up. And I guess, you know, like not all the clients I work with have a bad attitude, but there's some that I've worked with and it's just like, you kind of just don't let that kind of take over. And if it's just about being funny, then it's about being funny. Have you got people that you've worked with that have been so challenging that you've ended up just saying, I, I can't have that, that particular energy back in your work life? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm lucky because I can be selective about who I work with. Mm. Yeah. Do you find as well saying no to particular, this is something that, um, Aaron and I, when we had our agency years and years back, and it was the scariest thing in the world to say no to money yeah. that was really like, you know, that you need and that in turn invite in the worst negative experience of your life. You know it's yeah. coming. And actually saying no to that, there's a gap, but then you, when you sort of stand up and say, no, no, I really only want to work with the highest yeah. grade, there might be a little pause, like there is a, a, a moment where you then think, I've made the worst decision, but then it always, you get, it gets delivered. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess when you work for yourself, you have to be really mindful about, you know, sometimes on jobs, you're working with people for a really long time. For like residential clients, you know, sometimes I can be working on their interior for like six months and I generally meet with them first and it's kind of like dating. If it's like, if I like them, then we work together. And if not, it's like, sorry, this is not going to work out. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's based on people's attitudes and behavior and yeah. And also, if I'm going to be spending that much time with someone, like a couple of days a week with someone, it's like I don't want to like hate their face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I? How do you stay? Um, I mean, you're obviously you're super established in what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, in particular, styling. It's like I imagine for photographers, we've got friends that are photographers, and they're like, everyone's a photographer now. Um, with oh, styling, everyone's a stylist. Everyone's now a stylist well. now. <laughs> yeah. How do you um, keep you cool and not get competitive, and actually use that as a way to get inspired? I guess I kind of try to like compete with just myself. Mm. I mean, there's heaps of people that do what I do, and I guess it's kind of lucky that there is a market for everyone and I guess having a unique point of view sets you apart to a degree but then also I'm just you know competitive with myself and thinking about what I'm doing as opposed to what other people are doing I think it's a good lesson in life not to really compare comparison is the theft of joy is a really good quote yeah any other questions Um, the question being, would you say that you're, he, Jason's always been creative? Um, do you come from an artistic family? I mean, I guess growing up, I always kind of was drawn to kind of creative things. And I guess the whole being a creative person, it's just like a journey. So I guess it's kind of tapping into that and expanding. And 
I mean, sometimes the job of a stylist sounds really creative, but sometimes it can actually be, it can feel very uncreative, as opposed to being like an artist or painting something or creating something. It's, I guess sometimes when you're in it, it doesn't always feel that creative. So I find it important to kind of always have outlets where I'm doing different things, so tapping into different parts of being creative. And something that I've noticed with you is creativity is not just when you're at work. So we were holidaying together and Marley was, loves Jason mostly because he has a cute dog. But um, <laughs> was always, Jace was always like, oh, let's do this or let's create, like collect leaves and make, you know, make things from them. Or, you know, there was every, there was, everything was an opportunity. Like even if it was just walking, like let's collect those cool sticks and do something with them when we get home. And I really loved, I found that really nourishing. It wasn't like, time to get creative um it was very fluid and it was a constant yeah I guess I kind of, of feel like work life it's all kind of like combined and I guess you kind of are always on mm. and just kind of you try to live a life that is creative I guess how does nature impact I mean I Jason does things like always always collecting like little feathers or just things and they are around in his home everywhere, like little tiny bits of nature. Would you say nature influences you? Oh, I mean, nature is kind of definitely something that, I mean, it sounds really cheesy and cliche, but I guess I just find it really calming. And growing up, there's always been elements where I've always been connected to, to nature and the outdoors and the bush and the ocean. Yeah, I guess it's kind of just really calming for me as well. And I guess living somewhere now where I'm kind of connected to all that really impacts on creativity as well. Yeah. And I guess I kind of, maybe sometimes I'm just a big kid that kind of sees things with kind of like childlike wonder, which I think is kind of nice. Is it something that you have to, that night, like that curiosity or that sort of naive perspective? They, they call it beginner's mind in Buddhism. It's like yeah. a new way of looking at it. Is it something you, deliberately if you find that things are getting maybe stale or you're frustrated and you go okay how do I is it something you actively do or is it just a natural thing oh, I think 50 50 I mean yeah. it's, it does definitely come naturally but then also I guess you kind of try to push that as well yeah All of those things, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Oh, sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the, the question being, do you find that your meditation practice has focused your creativity or expanded it? I guess I think because it means that meditation has made me more focused and calm and clear, I guess then you can sort of be open to creativity. I guess it, and also with like how I operate as a person, I'm always very good at sharing and being open. So I think being open means you're open to receiving more things as well. I sound like a hippie now. Yeah. It's I was a, you I, language. I was a hippie way before then. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions at all? Yeah. Uh, in terms of technology, I'm really kind of mindful where, you know, just simple things like no phones at the dinner table. 
And I try not to like look at any TV, computer, phone for like an hour before bed. It doesn't happen every day. But it's just notice the difference when you are kind of regular with that. And then in terms of like work, I don't really work nine to five, but I'm kind of mindful that being structured is kind of ideal. But then I don't feel guilty if I have to do something outside of normal hours. It's like not shocking to like do a couple of hours work on a Saturday or a Sunday. I think it's just kind of considering the impact of, yeah. But then also I can have downtime where I can take a day off on a Wednesday and go to Yamba with friends for a road trip, so yeah. Do you find that you've had to be quite disciplined? It's something that, because you, you, know, you, when you work for yourself Saturdays and Sundays, you frequently are doing work. Yeah. And do you find though that the idea of, uh, I can take a Wednesday off, but then the discipline of actually taking the Wednesday off, it can sometimes, you've got to remind yourself, yeah. it's like, oh God, actually, hang on a minute, I've just worked 18 days straight. I've got to take some time. Yeah, I mean, I used to feel really guilty about taking weekday time off, but when you like look at something where you've like worked four weekends in a row, mm. it's like taking a day off during the week is not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's um, a great question. Yeah. Um, how do you, the question being, how do you find the balance between being a creative and the business side of, of, of running. You're running a business? Yeah. yeah. The challenges? I guess it's about knowing what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And yeah, boring things like accounting and all that is not my forte. So yeah, it's just kind of delegating those things to people that are better at it than me. And I guess the balance between business and being creative, it's kind of, I guess, all in one. So again, just going back to like playing to your strengths. But do you have, you have full-time staff or is it contracted out? Contracted out, yeah, yeah. Has it taken years to get to the point where you feel confident charging? Because it's so hard to put a price on something. Yeah. To go, oh, this is my, it's, I think with styling, it's a day rate, isn't it? Yeah. So that must give it a bit more structure. But then when they're, like, you've got your furniture collection yeah. and you've got all those things, putting a price on, oh, my creativity and my scope of my project. Have you found that that's gotten easier as time's gone on? Or? Mm, not really. It's always an awkward discussion. I mean, I have an agent that handles a lot of that stuff, which is, means I don't have to talk dirty about money. <laughs> money often with people. So that's kind of good at having that buffer as well. Yeah. It's not my skill, really, either, either negotiating. I'm like, sure, okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Would you recommend having an agent if anyone was going into... I mean, I just would recommend having those people that do those jobs that make work and life easier. Mm. Do you find that, you know, um, when you're starting out, so it's that the perils of oh you know i can i'll do it all like i don't i oh, can't yeah. afford to like pay that person to do this bit or this bit or this bit and then you just burn yourself into the ground did you do yeah. that in the beginning and then get to the point where you were like i need yeah definitely and i mean you know things like you know i have a, a, a website and i'm like i have no idea how to do that so i have someone who does that for me all the opposed, posting and yeah i know oh, I, I post on it but like just creating the back end of all that it's like i don't want to begin to even know how to do that and I guess back in the day, I would have probably like tried to like work that out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. the transition to getting an agent, like what was life like before that kind of when like how long have you had an agent? And is that on all projects? Um I mean, it's a split. I mean, for a long time, I worked predominantly just on Inside Out when I lived in Melbourne. And then I worked on Real Living magazine when I was here. So that was just as an employee. But then stepping out into being a freelance, I did that for a couple of years and then was approached to have an agent. And I guess, go back to the question again, <laughs> sorry. The question being, um, what was life like? It was, what yeah. was life like before? Having an agent? Yeah, what was life like before having an agent? Yeah. And now having one, and is that on all projects? Or yeah, I mean, they work across generally all kind of styling, advertising kind of stuff. Residential clients, I kind of work with directly just because it kind of works better that way. But just on big kind of styling jobs and that. So, I mean, having an agent just makes all that kind of easier in terms of like boring things like invoicing and all that kind of stuff. So this streamlines everything, yeah. Any tips, um, so a lot of it, because you transitioned from obviously being an employee yeah. and having a, a steady income and knowing where you needed to be every day versus that leap into freelance is yeah. terrifying. Um, if anyone here has done that, where you're like, great, now, where are the, where are the clients and where are the jobs? You know, yeah. you've got to sort of do, did you, any tips or tricks for people that are about to make that transition? I guess you just have to like, I mean, it's terrifying, but you kind of have to just make a big leap. I guess kind of things only happen if you kind of take a chance. Mm. It's my way of looking at it. You kind of, I think you kind of get what you give in a lot of aspects of life and work. I mean, and then it kind of makes it sound really easy, but it's not. I guess when I transitioned from, to freelance, I kind of had a couple of big kind of projects scheduled but that's not always the way. But I mean, it's always like a constant hustle as well. Like, yeah, things just don't get handed. You have to kind of make, make it happen. I love it when people say, you know, they go, oh, I'm so sick of working so hard in corporate. I'm thinking about going out on my own. And it was like, so mm -hmm. you'll be definitely working 200% harder. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Does it get any easier working yeah. on your own? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of guess it does happen organically, but there are things that I have wanted. And, you know, things might appear that have happened really easily, but it's kind of like, you know, taken time. And I guess sometimes it's just about planning when those happen as well and working towards them. And I think it's important to be kind of goal-orientated, making those things, achieving those things that you want. It's the only time I've ever seen you nervous was at the launch of your first book. Yeah, I mean... You're sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah. Like, I think the launch of your first... I mean, we're talking before, like, I don't like public speaking, but today I don't feel like we're public speaking because I'm, like, talking with one of my best friends, so, yeah. Um, it is question, kind of, oh, sorry. The question being around um, social media, in particular Instagram, if 
you are posting a lot, how do you make sure that it's not overtaking your whole life? It's so addictive. Yeah. Like just the looking at it as well. Do you? Oh, that's something I've noticed is you'll post, and I learned that from you. Um, Jason will take a photograph and post it, but he won't look at it. So he won't check his comments, check his like, check anything. It's yeah. just like, and then puts it back down again. I think that's the speed. I've learned a lot from that. I was like, oh, he's like, oh no, I take time to check it. I sit down and I take time to check it. And I might do that once or twice a day, but otherwise I'm not looking at it. And I was like, oh, that's such an, it makes it so much more fluid because you can just, because that's, you go down the wormhole. Yeah. Once you pick up your phone. Because yeah, once you start like scrolling through and looking at things like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a kind of, you know, like my day, I kind of structure it with like, I make a list of what like I need to focus on that day. I mean, Instagram, it's kind of like, kind of quite hilarious because the perception and the reality of it is kind of two different things. Like I guess with a lot of things, it's about doing things well quickly and like not putting too much time. And I guess with Instagram, it's kind of like get a good photo, write something really quickly and then just move on. It's kind of not something that consumes my day. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, post, I kind of post way less It's like now literally as well. like shoot, edit, post, done. And the yeah. whole thing's over in 10. There's no like, hmm, what if I moving yeah. things around or anything? Like there's yeah. no agony that goes into, which is, yeah. was it always been like that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's just fluid. I mean, otherwise it kind of just it doesn't become fun either. Mm. And I think that's when it can take over the whole. And it's, well. yeah. And it's like not taking things too seriously is probably a big aspect of who I am as well. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as far as, um, so you collaborate with people in their homes and stuff like that. How do you, because obviously they like your style, but then they're going to want to do some things that what if you don't like? Okay, the question being that what if you work with a, a client um, on their residential home and You've got your, your taste yeah. and style, which technically they've hired you for, but then they also want to weigh in with some hideous lounge. <laughs> I mean, that at the very start, it's like, I'm always really clear about where I'm coming from and what my style is. And most of the time people realize that. I mean, for example, like I've had people approach me and they've showed me a whole lot of images of like something that's much more Greg Natale's style. And Greg is a friend of mine, so I'll be like, uh, maybe you don't need me, maybe you need Greg. And then also, to be honest, with residential clients, I tell them from the start that I'm going to tell them exactly what I think. Yeah. And if they like that, they like that. And if they don't, they don't. And I'm not going to say I like something just because they want me to. Yeah. And I, I guess I work in a way with residential clients where it's a bit more organic. So it's not like I go shopping and buy them a whole lot of stuff. It's like I go shopping and help them find what they're looking for. And it sometimes is a slower process because I'd rather them to be happy with their, how their house looks in terms of, oh, I like that sofa that Jason helped me find as opposed to, I like that sofa that Jason bought. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, my question was gonna be, what, like in the last 12 months, what has been one of those big aha breakthroughs that you've had so around? The question being, what in the last 12 months would be one of your major aha moments? You're very good at summarising the questions, <laughs> I will point out. Uh, I guess moving to Byron, like stepping away from things in, was kind of 
not scary, but just important to do. Because I guess living for almost 10 years in Sydney in a hectic, busy environment, I think it was just really important for me personally just to be able to be selfish and do what was best for me. Yeah. You've been much happier since you moved. Oh yeah, home. and like people are like, oh, you're so relaxed living in Byron. It's like, I don't think it's necessarily location-wise. It's just being somewhere that's kind of less hectic. And I, I mean, like I said, I come to Sydney or to Melbourne for work regularly, but I'm just here for as long as I need to be. And like, sometimes that's a nine o'clock flight and a three o'clock flight and two meetings in Sydney and done. Yeah. Any other moments of? oh, hang on, I've got a new direction or this is the way I want to live my life? Like, has there been any...? I mean, I guess that kind of is like a constant kind of evolution where I kind of... I guess I get to be in charge of what that is, so I, I guess constantly thinking about what that is and how I want that to be. Mm. And also I'll just add in that there's this beautiful concept called the middle path. Have you guys heard of this idea? It's a, and it's the not too far this way or not too far that way. And I think you do that really well. Like you eat and you're concerned with eating healthy, but yeah. you're not obsessed. Like Jason doesn't get manic about anything, which no. is, it's very much the middle, you know, there's like- Moderation of everything. Yeah, yeah. of everything, which is so, yeah. of exercise and drinking and your know, coffee. You don't sort of like, there's no, there's just a really gentle, easy way of navigating that without getting too yeah. hung up on all the little details. I guess it's about not being too hard on yourself as well. Like, yeah. Life's for living. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? Easy. I hope you guys enjoyed today. And I hope you got some little tips or pointers or inspiration on something that you're like, yeah, okay, I'm going to adopt that. Or that's why we're doing these little gatherings so that you can we can meditate together because it's such a nice energy, but also so that you can think, oh, there's one little thing in there that I'm going to be able to take with me and, and to shift and to expand and, and to grow. And um, I hope you guys learned some things today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Broad Place podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find out more about our interviewer at thebroadplace.com and in the show notes. And in addition, if this episode has inspired you to look more deeply into enhancing your creativity, your clarity, or your consciousness, visit us at www.thebroadplace.com. In there, you'll be able to find more information about our classes, our courses, our retreats, residential and non-residential, as well as our programs. Hope to connect to you soon.